Well, good morning, everyone. You'll have to say good morning to the children on my behalf when they come back. Uh, it's good to be here again. I've, it's been a while since I've been. It was uh, warm the last time I came, and uh, now it's not. So, uh, yeah, um, looking forward to next week. Uh, so we can get together. I can't remember the last time actually Kings and, and, and ABC got together, but uh, yeah, looking forward to next week in the carol service. So uh, see you next week at 6.30 from all of us. Um, so this week the, the theme is love. The Advent theme is love. So the, the, the candle has been lit for love, and which is really convenient. So thank you, Lord, for doing this because we're going through the book of First John at the moment. So if you want to look in your Bibles, I'm going to be reading from First John. Um, and if you know anything about First John, it, it, it's all about love, which is really great. So um, I'm going to read to you a reasonably long section from chapter 4 from First John, which, which says this. And, and if you want to do, play a Christmas quiz, you can count how many times the word love comes up in this, in this reading. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent us his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if, love, if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be saved of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made, complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this commandment. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Okay. I think I count. I, I'll have to count it again. I think it was 27 times. So the, you get the idea. God is love. Um, and, and the thing is, if you read, so First John, I'll just give you a, a quick explanation. It's very confusing. My congregation, even though I've preached about seven or eight messages on this, they're still looking at me like, where do I find First John? John it was Jesus' um, probably closest apostle, you could say. He wrote the Gospel of John, called John. And then he wrote three letters called First John, Second John, and Third John, which are called 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, which is so confusing. Who writes a book? and puts all these things together and just changes the, the, the thing by just one number. But anyway, it's a little bit confusing. So this is taken from a letter that John wrote to um, the early church. Um, and it was written quite late in, um, 
in, in probably one of the last things that was written in, that we have in the New Testament, written around 95 AD. And just stop and think about that for a minute. That means that Jesus, who was about 30-ish when he, he was crucified, uh, that's about AD 30-ish, 33 maybe, some people say. So this is like 60-something years later he writes this. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd be thinking, yeah, it was the good old days. You know, that was love then, but life's been hard <laughs> since then. You know, a lot of all the, all the apostles were, were, were uh, killed and, and persecuted and the church was persecuted. And you're thinking, is it really worth it? You know, 60 years of slog. Yet you read John and it's like, this is like as fresh as it can be. Love, God is here with me here and now. Love, he just like, he's bursting with it. And you would think, would you not, that maybe after 60 years, having, and also he was with Jesus face to face for three years. I mean, can you top that? Seemingly, maybe not, but at least you can carry it on. And he lives in this for the next 60 plus years. I'm, I'm blown away with that. Anyway, the heart of this letter is love. Um, and the center of the revelation of God is through Christ is this. God is love. Yeah? So you might ask the question, who is God? You could just say love. There's your answer. You know, what's God like? And I mean, you, if, if, if you have somebody asking you these questions and you want to be really irritating, but true at the same time, you can just say, what's God love? What's, love? what's God like? Love. Who is God? Love. What does God do? Love. You know, what is God? Love. Kind of profound, frustrating, <laughs> all at the same time. Um, cut him up, slice him, dissect him any way you want to. All you'll find is love. Love, pure and simple. Love, unconditional. Love, uncontainable. Love, uncontrollable. Love, unrestricted. Love that is pure. Love that is holy. Love that is good. Love that is infinite, powerful. Love, unending. Love, ever-present. God is love. Now, there's the theory, but how do we feel about that? How good are we at accepting God is love? And, and in, within that, then that means God loves us. And then we get very personal, and God loves you. God loves me. Can we accept that? That God is love. Our God is love. Because a lot of the image... The imaging that happens to us in our lives and, and, and sadly just the way the world works is that we think that God is like a grumpy old man um, who deliberately makes our life hard. So sort of life is a challenge for you, that, you know, this kind of like slightly mean old guy sort of sets for us and, and he's hard to please and life is one big impossible test um, and, and generally God is angry and quite distant and disinterested, and someone who needs pleasing because he's never pleased. You're never quite good enough. And, and love, well, you have to try hard to gain his favor. And love is kind of almost like, not even mentioned. And, and it sounds crazy, but a lot of people prefer that image of God. There's probably some part of us that actually prefers that image of God because God is love is just too good to be true. It's too much grace. It's too much mercy. Oops. It's too much love. And we can't handle it. And we can't accept it because we like to try and justify ourselves. 
um, I had a conversation with somebody the other day, and, and they said they couldn't come to something, and then they said, but I have been to all the other ones, as if it's like, it's fine. <laughs> you know, if you don't come, it's fine. Even if you have come to all the other ones, I don't really care. You know, I still love you. You know, but we like to try and justify ourselves. We like to try and prove ourselves. We like to try and feel that we've achieved something in life so that actually we are worth something because we doubt our worth. And all too often, that's the way love works in this world. Love is something that is gained. Love is something that is earned. Love is something that is bought, even. So some people might say, yeah, God is love, yeah, 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 but, and, and, and listen to yourself, you say, because you, you might say these kind of things, God is love, but, or God is love, and, and we have to try and explain what God is really like, because we don't think he's, he can't surely just be all love. That's like, I mean, Sunday school would be like one lesson. <laughs> that's it. And we'd all just have to, like, that's it. Why would, it, why would it need to be any, any more difficult than that? But we have to sort of add these ifs and buts. And so some people say, oh, God is love, but he's also a stern judge. And it's, well, as if, like, his judgments aren't loving, you know, as if he's love, but then he takes off the mask, and <laughs> now I'm the judge, <laughs> and the horns actually come out. And we're kind of thinking, hang on a second, oh, who is this? Or sometimes we say, God is love, but he does want you to do things that please him. And if you don't, well, he's a bit like Santa, you know. And if you're not such a good person, you get a lump of coal rather than a good gift. But no, what does the scripture say? God is love. That's it. No ifs and buts, no ands, nothing else. God is love. Fundamentally, in essence, God is love through and through. No caveats, no disclaimers. Yes, he is judged, but his judgments are loving. Yes, he, do, he is pleased with the things that we offer to him, but that is a, it's, it's all because of love. God is love, full stop. And that's really hard for some people. But anyway, if it's hard for you, you're going to have to put up with it because he's not going anywhere and, and that's, he's not going to change. So this idea, God is love, um, it's more than a statement though. It's more than just something that John writes because as I said earlier, you know, John experienced that firsthand. He knew Jesus. He, he saw him face to face. He lived with him. He experienced all that. Um, and, and he saw love in action. See, God has not just left us with a statement that we can put on a bumper sticker or, or a T-shirt or on a meme or something and just share it on Instagram and say, God is love, <sighs> but it doesn't feel like it. He's not just left us with this statement, but he's enacted it. Probably one of the fam most famous verses in the Bible is John 3.16. You may or may not know, but it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.16. So that's from the Gospel of John. Just to confuse you, I'm throwing out every, all of John's statements here. Um, Jesus has come. Love has been come to us in flesh and blood. And as we approach Christmas in particular, I think we, never, we can never lose sight of this, uh, this meaning of Christmas, that love has come to us. So, you know, we kind of sang that, didn't we? You know? But in, in reality, Christ has come. God is with us. Love has been embodied, and we have seen him 
Face to face, says John. Eternal life has been given to us. Love has been manifested in flesh and blood. That is the outworking of God's love. Now, is that such a big deal? Just, so just stop and think about this for a moment. You know, because it, the scripture says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And sometimes we've, we've read that probably a million times and think, yeah, yeah, I know that one. You know, I can, look, God, look how good I am. Will you love me a little bit more? Because I've learned John 3.16. No, well, no, it's not that, but, but just stop and think about it. See, the most precious thing a parent has really is their children. If, if there's any parents here, you, you'd, you'd probably, you may think, you know, as I did this morning and came down to saw the kitchen, you may think this, it's a little bit trying sometimes, but nevertheless, the most precious thing we have as parents are children. And particularly in the ancient world, um, and as it is in some parts of the world today, the firstborn son was particularly precious and particularly special. So imagine if, say, there's, there's, a, there's a couple here and, and they're struggling to have children. And I say, oh, okay, why don't you have one of mine? Ever come across that? How would you... You all stick me as if say, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, we did that last week. Really? No, no, no. This is, this is, this is the depth of what I'm talking about here. You know, somebody... Well, just have one of my children. I've got a couple. I could do without one, you know. Florin's got loads. I mean, he could spare a few, can't he? Yeah? No. Oh, he's, you're offering two, are you? <laughs> oh, for two days. Okay. Well, there you go, you see. You know, we just would never do that, right? We would never do that. That would be, that'd be crazy. Or, or let's say there was, I don't know, we found a World War II bomb outside the, the church or something, and I said, don't worry, I'll just... I'll get Abigail, my, my younger daughter. I'll just get her to pop it in a plastic bag and she'll, she'll dispose of it. In fact, actually, Ella, my other daughter, she loves sort of fiddling with things. I said to Abby, you know, just go and take it down to Ella. And then when you finish with it, go and take it to the police station. You know, just because I wanted to protect you guys. I, I, I would... That wouldn't happen, right? No, thank you. <laughs> Good. We're on the same page. Yet, yet... Call the army. Yes, they, they can deal with it. They don't, they don't have mothers and fathers. Um, but you see, that's the depth of God's love because he gave his son to the world for his love. And in that, because God is love and God is, he, he still loves his son the same amount and, and draws us into that same love. Because if I were to give my child away, effectively I'm extending my family I mean, it's, it, you can't even compute, can you? But it's like, it's saying, like, let's say I, I gave my child to Sarah. It's like, there's something that I'm saying, I love Sarah as much as I love my child. But if I'm God, I can still love my child and still love Sarah at the same. I'm drawing Sarah into that, into the love of God. Does that make sense? It's, it's <laughs> a little bit mind-blowing. Yeah. But have a think on that. Have a think on that. He doesn't break his love for his son, yet at the same time, he seems to express his love for the world. So if you remember John 3.16, also look at John, 1 John 3.16, which says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. It's, it's, it's all part of the same story. The bit we read in 1 John says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. 
He came. You know the story. We rejected him, crucified him, and he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. That's God's love. That's God's love. It's not based on whether we do something to please him, we get it all right, because we got it all wrong there. But that's God's love. Jesus is God's love to us. And it isn't dependent on us doing things that please him. It isn't dependent on us getting things right all the time. It isn't dependent on us being good. It isn't depending on us being saying our prayers and coming to church each week. All those, I'm not saying those are bad things. Don't get me wrong. Don't turn up next week and say, Richard said, I don't have to come. Now, I'm not talking about that. You know, I'm saying this is good, but if you don't make it, God still loves you. <gasps> if you don't read your Bible on a Saturday morning because you had to do some Christmas shopping, God still loves you. And his love isn't dependent on our love for him. If you are a parent, you will realize this. <laughs> Sometimes kids say, don't they? I hate you, Dad. It hurts, but it doesn't change my love for them. God is love. Whoever we are, whatever we've done, whatever we do, it, it doesn't change his love for us. And Christ draws us into his love. Life eternal in the family of God. So I'm going to give you one final reading. This is from Romans. It's interesting how much stuff about love there is in the scriptures, but we've already had 1 Corinthians 13, which, by the way, can you send me that? that, that I love that um, rereading of it. It's brilliant. Um, but this is Romans chapter 8, which says this, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate, separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Have a little think on that. Anything going to separate, separate you from God's love? going to have to try really hard nothing nothing absolutely nothing so there we have it god is love so i'm just going to take a moment as usual i'm afraid i've got to have to run off after this i have another another church to attend to um and i'm really sorry actually that i always have to run off because i'd love to spend more time with you but next 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 sunday in the evening but before i go I'm just going to, just, let's just take a moment and, and just invite the Holy Spirit to come. And, and it's Christmas, but let's have a moment where we just re-invite Jesus again, the God of love, into us, uh, to receive Jesus, come to, come to us. So, um, there may be people here who don't, this is new news. And, and if it is, um, I pray that you receive Jesus this Christmas and now, even now, and know God's love. Um, there may be some of us here that need to actually do some confession and renouncing and, and, and say, renouncing sounds a bit Catholic, but it's a good word, um, meaning that if, if you're the kind of person that just says, ah, oh, but I'm, a, <laughs> God is love, but I'm unlovable, I think you've just changed God. Well, actually, you haven't changed God. You've changed your understanding of God. And you need to to renounce that, that feeling that I am unlovable because actually God says, well, I gave my son for you. You know, Rich is not going to give his kids to Sarah, but God would give his son for all of us. That's how much he loves us. Sorry, Sarah. I do love you, but not that much. God does. 
So let's pray and receive God's love. Lord, this, this word, God, is love, is something I don't think we can get our heads around. I don't think we can fully understand. And so I pray you will go beyond our heads and minister to our hearts by your Spirit. Let us receive your love now for us. That you are love. And that's it. So we pray, come Holy Spirit, and let us know. Let us know in our hearts the reality of your, your love for us. And I pray for people here today that maybe feel, yes, but I'm just a bit unlovable, or yes, but I'm very unlovable, that you would bring a conviction and a convincing by your spirit of the reality and the fullness and the power of your love. That neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither present or future nor powers, neither height or depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate any of us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I pray finally for, for those that are maybe going through hard times or difficult things or maybe saying, does God really love me? That you en enable them to see beyond the situation of the struggle here. As John, the Apostle John, would have gone through those struggles himself and know your love unending, your love enduring, your love powerful and passionate for each one of us. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen.